It's time to talk that talk, and we talk it like no one else. This is the stinking truth. Now, here's your host, Mark Schlereth. Hey guys, welcome to the Sink Truth Podcast. Mark Slurf alongside Mike Evans. Please make sure you uh, like us, uh, subscribe to us, do all those things because uh, it certainly helps, uh, I think. I mean, I, you know, I don't know exactly how it works, but there's all kinds of, uh, they call algorithms or, uh, I don't know. Thank God you I don't know what it just is. are here to talk football. Yeah, yeah, I don't know what it is, but I know that it does something. <laughs> and the only reason I know that is because I watched somebody else's podcast and they said it. And so I haven't researched it, but I heard somebody else say it, so it has to be true. Why there don't we go. just get to what your area of expertise is? Okay, and that great. is talking about uh, yeah, football. Yeah, but do that stuff that I but said do before. The other stuff yeah. too. Do right. that. Do it. Do it. Um, lots to talk about. Right? Okay. Yeah. Not another. We had, we had a, another big week of football. The big game, Philadelphia Ooh. and Miami. Is it a big game, though? Do we have to look at the Dolphins a little bit differently? Because the Dolphins, Mark, I looked it up. In their five wins, the teams that they've beaten mm-hmm. are a combined 8-25. and 25. Right. The only two teams they've played that are good, the Eagles and Bills, they lost to both of them. Yeah, I thought I saw something, too. Like, every time they had played one of those teams, those teams had no wins when they played them. So, I mean, you know, you got to play the teams on your schedule, and there's no question that they're dynamic. There's no question offensively. Um, they they create issues. Now, last night, notwithstanding, watching that game, they had some offensive line issues, some injuries on the offensive line. Um, I will say that uh, – I will say that – you look at Tua and his ability to be on time and his just hitting that fifth step. I thought Chris Collinsworth did a really good job of saying, you know, he, he talked about the Joe Montana days. And Joe Montana is one of those guys that, like, I think there were two people off the top of my head that I actually got up off the bench to watch play when I played in my whole career. Because I was a big, fat offensive lineman, right? And I'm not getting off the bench to watch your offense play. Who gives a rip? But there were two guys that just I wanted to watch yeah. firsthand. One was Joe Montana. Man, he just come. I mean, he just made it look effortless. And then the other was Barry Sanders because he was freaking Barry Sanders, right? You just wanted to see him. But um, Chris did a good job of explaining, like you know, when Joe would hit that fifth step and the top of his drop, da da da, and it's just the ball is just out. And how many throws? that Tua made, and it really was remarkable, where he's just throwing to a window, and the receiver's coming across the field at full speed, and it's not like he's, like, tracking him. He's just going, I know this guy's going to be in this window, and just, well, it's, you know, it's all <laughs> awkward. <laughs> I, I still can't get I over it. Yeah. I just, there's something, something about, about no, lefties, right? No, well, it's not even lefties, like, Steve Young had this smooth, fluid release from the left-hand side. Mm-hmm. To it, just it almost looked like he has to contort his body to get. And he, I mean, he, how about when T- Tim Tebow threw the football? I don't think Tim T. I don't think Tim Tebow was really left-handed. That's <laughs> like I'm gonna go. That's my theory. That's your theory. My theory is he's a, a natural righty, <laughs> and somebody made him throw left-handed, and it was that bad. But. Um, <laughs> But, uh, yeah, but Tua is just, I mean, remarkable with some of the throws that, that and some of the placement and some just the windows and the areas where you're throwing it right at a safety on a line. Like, that safety, I'm sure the safety's eyes are lit up like, 
oh my god, I'm gonna get an interception. He start running at it, and all of a sudden this receiver comes by. You know, it's Tyreek Hill just boom. And they didn't have Waddle was, you know, had the back, so he was in and out of the lineup last night. So his back was all tweaked or whatever. Um Yeah, so I think that I think that um I think that I, I think they're super dynamic. And they had some, you know, they both their starting corners are out. So they've got some injury issues. But, again, we can't use that as an excuse because everybody's banged up. Everybody has injury issues. Um, so it's not an excuse. But it is a reason that maybe they, uh, you know, they got um, run by, by the Philadelphia Eagles. But the bottom line is, um, bottom line is they're still a really good football team, a really dynamic football team. Um, and to me, they still could be a real issue for anybody in the league, especially if they get healthy. Think the Eagles are back on their game, or you still have some questions? I think the yeah, I think the Eagles again. It just man, what a great job they've done building a team inside out, mm. right? Like when you look at you know you got the screen pass and Mylotta is out there at you know six foot eight. 368, 70 pounds, just twinkle-toeing it, probably singing while he's out there, you know, because he's just this, that guy is melodic. He is, he's got a beautiful voice. You've heard him sing, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. They, they're going to put out another Christmas album. Yeah. All those guys. I mean, they are, like, can you imagine being that talented? Well, I've heard you sing quite a bit. Yeah, I'm not, it's, it's not good. It's, uh, yeah. I don't know, I think we should put out a yeah mark sings the classics yeah. for christmas anyhow um and then the the rotation of their defensive line with the guys they've drafted and they're just a dominant group they like they can dominate the line of scrimmage and i've always said this you know i'm big on this you dominate line of scrimmage i don't care who your quarterback is i don't care who your receivers are i don't care i don't care about any of that stuff when you dominate line of scrimmage You've got a chance to win games, and then you, you know, put the fact in there that they traded for AJ Brown, who's just been um, absolutely otherworldly. Devontae Smith, um, how about Swift, the running back, yeah. and how good he's looked? Yeah, the Eagles, the Eagles are, are a damn good football team, which just goes to show you how good the Jets are defensively. Yeah, the Jets are damn good football. Like, it's pretty cool, but I think you know you walk into this thing, and we looked at. Hey, look at all the like look at all the great young quarterbacks in the AFC, right? We got oh man, we got all kinds of young quarterbacks and da 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 and this is good. and now all of a sudden you look at it and the Raiders are, you know, garbage and the Broncos are garbage and the you know, the Chargers, Chargers are, are garbage, garbage yeah. and garbage may be a harsh word, but you know what I'm saying. They don't have a good record. I shouldn't say garbage. What I meant is trash. Okay. I didn't mean garbage. Right. What I meant yeah. was trash. trash They're yeah. trash. Yeah. Uh, that's is that kinder trash? Is that better? Yeah. Well, I like you know garbage. Garbage. Okay. You know, you class it class up a little bit. Up, uh, yeah. The garbage a little bit. And but but you know we thought all these teams were great and you know other than the Chiefs, uh, at six and one, but you know the Buffalo Bills. We talked about this yeah. months ago or a month ago that, uh, that I thought there was something wrong with them. They're sitting at four and three. The Dolphins just lose one. The two good teams that they play, they're zero and two against the two good teams. Um, yeah, there's some there's some question marks in in this division. Well, what about the Bills? You, you've said this a couple times. I want to try to pin you down a little bit. You say that something feels off. Uh huh. C can you put your finger on it? What's off 
about Buffalo? Well, you know, if I was just to go on to my handy-dandy phone here, and, and I haven't looked at the stats, and I've seen some of the highlights and stuff, um, but I will tell you that the Bills, to me, have an issue with being too enamored with flying. You're averaging four and a half yards a carry and your running back gets 13 attempts. They have gotten to the point where they think they're a spread college football team. And this happened a year ago. And I understand that Josh Allen is a pretty dynamic guy. And you've got, you know, you've got in Diggs and, say the cat's name Gabriel and Gabe Davis Gabe Davis yeah um um you know you've got some dudes who could flat out play but I just I just look at them when it's nut cutting time when it's gotta have it time like one of the things I used to get myself in a lot of trouble with with Eagle fans you know the, the Eagle fans um get mad at you right if they if they don't like what you're saying. But I used to say this all the time during Chip Kelly's tenure there is uh, the Eagles don't know how to run the football. And every year the Eagles would be the number one team when it comes to running the football. They're like, where are you? What are you talking about? You don't know anything. We 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 average 130 yards a game. You know, we're number one in the league, right, mm-hmm. with Shady McCoy back in the day and stuff. And I would always say, you guys, like, you guys will have 19 carries – for the sum total of 38 yards. And then you'll have carry 21 and 20 and 21 both go for 40, right? Like Shady McCoy will break three tackles or you, you'll, you'll hand a draw on third down and 12 and you'll get 36 yards on it, right? And you have two breakout runs and you think you know how to run the ball. And my point, my point is when it's nut cutting time, when you got to run it, when it's third down and two and you got to convert, when you're in the red zone and you've got to be able to run it, can you run it? Can you line up with that Globo Gym attitude that says we're better than you and up yours? We're going to shove it up your ass. And the answer is no, because you don't ever do it. It's not who you are. You're a third down and two. We got to throw it. You know, there's, there's, a conversation I have with coaches all the time is, are you a conversion team or are you a shot team? And what I mean by that, on second down and short, are you going to convert it? Are you going to try to pummel somebody, take control of the physicality of the game, and get another four downs? Or are you going to say, hey, we got two downs to get it now. Let's take our shot. Let's run a fade. Nobody's going to, nobody, hey, they won't expect it. Let's run a bubble, you know, fake bubble screen shot play. And my thought has always been, I want the battle of attrition. I want to beat you up, convert, and move on. And if you can't do that stuff, if you're not built that way, or you're not committed to doing that stuff, you're not going to win the hard games. The tough games. Well, to your point, Buffalo statistically, not bad. They're 14th in the NFL in uh, yards per rush. Um, Doesn't mean anything to me. Okay. And they're up there in attempts as well. Are they? That means something to me. Where are they in attempts? 
Oh, I'd have to go back and uh, find the exact number. But, yeah, they're they're up there. So I don't believe you. You don't believe me. I don't believe you. But, no, to your point, the idea, and you've I, I give you points for this. You've always said this, is that you don't you don't care about a team's ability to run the ball unless everybody knows that you're trying to run the football and do you a have the mindset to try to run the football when everybody knows you're going to run the football and are you good at it mm-hmm. and to your point in a 29-25 game yesterday that was you know pretty close throughout your leading ball carrier had 13 carries right and i think i wonder also when you're trying to say what put your finger on what's wrong with buffalo you've said this at times about uh, about offensive uh, coordinators out there, play callers. They're just looking for an excuse to say, oh, run game doesn't right, work. Right. Let's turn it over to our quarterback. Yeah. And so, is this an example? So, sometimes the other thing about, about those numbers, they can get skewed. They're 14th in the league right now. They're running the ball uh, at a 43.1% clip. Um, now, the best teams in the league, San Francisco is at 53%. The Baltimore Ravens at 51%. The Eagles at 47%. The Lions at 46%. The Browns at 46%. The Cowboys at 46%. Um, so your your best teams are running it close to 50% of the time, right? They're 46 to, to 53% of the time. Um, but sometimes if you're, if you're up and you've scored a lot of points, like oftentimes the Bills do, against crappy teams right. you you can get more attempts that way right at the end of games but the biggest thing really is not I, i'm a big attempts guy i want i want my attempts um but i'm really about can you run it when everybody in the building knows you have to run it that's kind of how i define the run so there's no statistic for that you know the, you can't put the little number cruncher guy on there and the little analytics boy and uh, and and figure that one out. That that one has to. You just have to actually know how the game operates. Meanwhile, on the other side, how about this first stat? Mac Jones. This I think this was the first time in Mac Jones's career uh-huh. that he's won a game where the other team scored twenty five or more points. Really? So this was a, a a game in which they had to score some points, and he and their offense responded. All right. Is this a Aha breakthrough game for Mac Jones. Yeah, that's a I mean it's a great question. And um could it be you finally kind of kind of righting the wrongs from last year and figuring out what your offense is, what it could be, putting Mac Jones in positions to to, you know, use his strengths, minimize his weaknesses, because that's truly you know, that's truly what, what football is all about. It's not so much about what your strengths are. Oftentimes, it's mitigating your weaknesses are the, the most important thing. But remember, they went through that experiment last year with, um, you know, defensive coordinator and special teams coach being your offensive co-coordinators. Mm-hmm. Like, that's, that's just dumb. So it's going to take some time. And I think one of the things about young quarterbacks, um, just quarterbacks in general, when you put a, a new system in or a different system in, it takes time. Like, you don't know – think about it from just a, a logical point of view. I don't know what I don't like until I try it, right? I don't know, like, food. What food I like, what food I don't like until I eat it and take a bite and decide for myself, does that, you know, satisfy my taste buds or not? And as far as football plays and, and things are concerned – you don't know what the pitfalls of a play are until you've experienced that play against multiple defenses. 
So there may be a play or a route combination you really like against a certain defense. And you may run and you may get that defense because, you know, we're game planning and, and we're getting in formations where we're going to get, you know, this particular, uh, let's call it an over front. We're going to get, you know, some type of cover two. And, you know, and that's where we're going to we're gonna run some smash concept with a corner. And, uh, you know, and, and, you know, that's that's what we're going to do. And number two is going to run a corner. Number one is going to run a smash or number one is going to run a flat. And number two is going to get an inside release, and then he's going to run a corner, whatever, right? And, and, and every time we've run it, we've gotten that. And then all of a sudden you run it and you get some type of cover three. And it's not the same look. And all of a sudden you're like, oh, shoot, you know, I threw a pick and I didn't really see it or I didn't really feel it. And, um, and those are the things that you don't know until you know them. And, and I think that's part of the issue. When you install new offenses, you have new coordinators, you have new people, you have new nuance to it and, and the way I want to coach it and what I want your eyes to look for and all that stuff. And it just takes time. Well, no less than authority than Mike Shanahan, who was your coach right. on your two-time Super Bowl winning team in Denver. Uh, How many times was that? Two times. Oh, back-to-back? Oh, okay. I just want to confirm. Back-to-back. Yeah, You're right. Okay. We're all about being factual here right. on the Thinking Truth podcast. Back-to-back. Yeah. Super Bowl mm. champions, but and of course uh, the, the the coaching tree that has given us Kyle Shanahan and Sean McVay and um, uh, Zach Taylor and, mm-hmm. and all these coaches Matt Lafleur Matt Lafleur. But what is Shanahan? Because he said that when he was coaching here and I was covering those teams, he he would say it. But mm-hmm. he, he said it to you recently too yeah, about he, how long it takes a coach. Or the play caller right. and the quarterback to, to really get on that same page. Yeah. I, I always said it, it takes into your third year of running the offense. So two full years. Yeah. Before you before you see, you know, before you see everything that you're gonna run, and, and obviously you're building concepts, right? So you're 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 coming into entry level concepts and then you're having adjustments to those concepts based upon different defense. If we get this, let's adjust it to this and and so you you may go through a season and a half without ever seeing that particular play run against a particular defense. So it's going to take some time before all of a sudden you hit it and then you realize, oh, shoot. Like, there's certain plays I loved running. There's certain plays I was just like, as soon as they called, I was like, oh, I like, like, I like this play. And then there were certain plays where I just knew what the pitfalls were. And you're like, oh, I hate this. I hate this call. I understand why we're calling it, but I don't necessarily like the call because – you know, it wasn't because the play wasn't good. It was because it, my job was tough in that particular play. Um, and so those are things you have to kind of – you have to get a, a feel for, and then you have to understand what the pitfalls are of those particular plays. Like, sometimes you're running a play action where you're responsible for pulling down a line of scrimmage and running like a like it's like a, a power play or a trap play or, or a kick out like a counter, a fake counter play. And you're coming down the line of scrimmage, and you're screaming down there, and you're trying to sell the run because you don't want to not sell the run. But you realize at some point, like, you came screaming down there, and all of a sudden the guy just didn't even respond. He just ran upfield, and you gave up a sack, right? And it's happened to me before. And you're like, okay, you know, coaching point. Come screaming down there and really sell it until you don't sell it anymore. Like, you, at some point you got you to gotta kind of you, you pull the flaps or <laughs> You know, and slow down a little bit because otherwise, otherwise, if that guy just goes screaming up the field, you can't adjust, right? And so it's 
Like you have to understand that these are the pitfalls of this particular play, and you don't ever know them until you until you basically until you get your ass kicked doing it, mm-hmm. and you're like, ah, that all right. Note to self: if I ever get that look again, that will never happen to me again. And you got so many teams out there that are just so impatient, right? They're just constantly changing oh. coaches, quarterbacks, play callers, mm-hmm. and you just don't gain that that continuity that you're talking about. Now, when you're talking about continuity, and I, you're a big culture guy, big identity guy, uh-huh. and I I come to praise the Pittsburgh Steelers right now Ugh. because this is a team I don't ask any Steeler fan out there right now. I don't think we're looking at a great team, uh-huh. but. They just they have a standard, right? They have a standard. They 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 know what they're doing, what they expect, mm-hmm. and it just seems like the wins follow. And maybe another example was this win over the Rams. Yeah, just another pick that I got wrong. Yeah, this week. well, zero well, three. I told you this was going to be the comeback of the ages, and it took me about two weeks to pass you. <laughs> Boy, that was fast. Yeah, New England coming to back against Atlanta didn't. Happened no, as fast as it no, happened for it, me against it, you. It took both the third and the fourth quarter. You just surpassed me in the third quarter. You're like the roadrunner. What were we talking about? Oh, the Steelers. Steelers. Dude, they do have that. They just do have that hard-nosed culture. I've told you, man. It's my favorite city to go call a game in. Is it? Yeah. I didn't know that. No. Is it because you grew up a fan? Well, I think part of it's because I grew up a fan. I think the other part is, like, somebody somebody in the airport at Pittsburgh alerts autograph seekers who's coming in. This is the only city this happens to me in. So I get bebopping off the plane, and first thing, you go down the escalator, and there's a, a, a mural, not a mural, it's a statue portraying the Immaculate Reception. So it's Franco, you know, and, and, and against the Raiders. And uh, and so there's a, a big, you know, it's a big the statue of, it's pretty cool. You walk in there, it's, it's pretty cool. And then you get out of, you know, you get out to toward baggage claim, and there'll be 15 people with football cards and with, like, the corner pylons in the end zone for you to sign and balls and everything else. And... Like I said, obviously somebody in the airport, I don't want to get anybody in trouble in the airport because it doesn't bother me, but they're alerting autograph seeker who's on flights, right? And But it's cool because Pittsburgh people know or they seem just to know um, their football kind of history. Yeah. They're football fans, yeah. right? Um, and so I love the city. One of the things you come, you come from the airport and you go through this big, long tunnel. I don't know what, maybe it's the Washington tunnel. I don't know what it is, but it's through a mountain. So they, they've tunneled through a mountain. And when you come out, it's the city of bridges. There's like over 400 bridges, yeah. right? And the whole city is lit up and all the bridges are lit up. So you come out of this mountain and all of a sudden it's there and you're going through these bridges and it's just a cool city. And then just the ethnic food. Like, if you go to Pittsburgh, get beans and greens. I just, like, everything is everything is just, it's the Steel City, man. Yeah, it's yeah. it's just got a great vibe, and the Steelers have that vibe and about love, them. And you love the, the blue-collar work ethic. I, I do. That that resonates with I, you. You know, I've never, to, I've never told this story in this podcast, but this has been one of my, and I didn't tell Mike Tomlin. One of my things has always been, and I've talked to a bunch of coaches over the years about this, I've like, 
I think one of the important parts of football is to understand other people's issues. You know, it's a, it's an important part of life. Like, not to get too philosophical on you on this podcast, but empathy is an important part of life, right? When you can really feel somebody else's pain, really, really suffer with them. And I think to be a really good global perspective football team, you have to have a, a really strong understanding of what everybody's issues are. And I think, you know, especially offensively, and I, I talked to coaches I talked to coaches this week about this. I'm like, 5'11", almost 50% of your football team on the offensive side of the football is your offensive line. So you damn well better know what their issues are, right? And how to mitigate those issues. And it's an important aspect of understanding, what, you know, how to operate or how to play, how to call plays and all that kind of stuff. And one of my big things where I, I think it would be really beneficial to you as a football team to just one day – like maybe OTAs, put an installation in and make the defensive guys go through offensive installations and all the things you have to know and, all, and, and vice versa, make the offensive guys go through that. So I'm doing a Pittsburgh game because I just thought it would be a really cool kind of and go out of mm -hmm. practice and say, okay, D-line, you're going to play O-line, O-line, you're going to play D-line, and we're going to do one-on-one -on -one pass rush. Let's go. Let's see how it works. And just so you get a feel for yeah. the, what other guys are sure. doing. So I've always, it's always been a fantasy of mine. Like I think this would be a really cool thing. So I'm doing a Pittsburgh game, and I'm watching practice, and Mike Tomlin's got a drill going, and it's the running backs catching the ball out of the backfield one-on-one -on -one with linebackers and safeties. So these running backs are coming out, catching a swing pass, you know, and then it's just shaking guys down. You know, can you keep leverage and can you use the sideline and all this kind of stuff, right? And it's a pretty heated drill. It's back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And the guys are excited. You know, it's a Friday. But it's the, the energy and it's it's pretty aggressive and the energy is pretty good. You know, da, 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 da. they're not in pads, but, you know, they're they're fitting up and they're doing that. Then all of a sudden he goes, he blows the whistle, goes, all right, switch it up. And the safeties and the linebackers went into the the ball-carrying role and the, line, and the running backs flipped over and played safety. So you're in. like, woohoo. I'm like, this is what my dream has yeah. been. And it was so cool because it was a good feel for the running backs to like, hey, man, this is really hard, but I have a, a better sense of how to set a guy up or how to – and it was it was just a really cool thing for me to watch because I've been talking about it forever. I never talked to Mike Tomlin about it, but, like, he was doing it. And so then I talked to him after, after practice about it. He goes, yeah, you know, I just think it's always important to really understand – you know, some of the issues that other guys have. And you're like, did we just become best friends? Yeah, I was like, <laughs> I'm like, am I a genius? Like, I don't, some would say it's so. I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying that I'm a genius, but I'm thinking that uh -huh. maybe I'm genius level. Uh -huh. Yeah, so I, but I think it's, I think it's really, I think it's a really important aspect of football that probably doesn't get, there's probably not enough attention paid to it. They just have a standard. They have a, a culture, and uh, they, they find a way to win. I know a lot of Pittsburgh fans are not happy with Matt Canada right now, but, um, mm -hmm. hey, they're finding a way to get it done. They're sitting there at 4-2. and two. Right. I, I've always had a rule, just as a football fan. I would change my name to Matt America. Maybe that's what he needs to yeah, do. Matt yes. America, yeah, Matt America. Then I think Pittsburgh would be really happy it, with it. Not even America. Just, just America. America. Matt America. Matt America. <laughs> Dude, he could officially change his name to Matt America, and then he would probably be he'd probably be the best offense coordinator in the history of football if that happened. I'm just saying. Probably go I'm straight to saying. a head coach. I'm just saying. All right. I, I got I got a bit of a rule as a as a football fan is 
when when I look at a game the and a schedule, the games that I'm least worried about losing are non-conference road games. Okay. Okay. So Detroit losing thirty-eight to six to Baltimore to me, not really that big of a deal. No. Listen, it's anytime you get your ass worn out. <laughs> okay, it, it's a big deal. But when physically you get worn out, like it's one thing for a team to. Like I've always, I've always said this about football in general. Like, and you know, I played defense in college. Like, if somebody throws one over the top of your head, right? You're like, all right. So we got, you know, we got, we got taken. Like, it, it, they got us on that one. All right. So what? Oh, seventy yard touchdown. Oh, that sucks. Let's go, guys. Rally around and, you know, and let's and let's get this thing done, right? But when teams just wear you out physically and everything they do i mean even in the passing they you know even in some of the passing game stuff when when everything you do in play action everything it just like you have zero answers for it um and they just have their way with you on both sides of the ball that's humiliating and those are the ones that usually concern me now with detroit i would say I'm not overly concerned because I know Dan Campbell and I know he'll have them respond. And I know that'll be one of those teaching films where you got your ass embarrassed and I'm going to show you like this ain't you. This ain't. And so I get where you're coming from on the road, non-conference, uh, not real familiar with the, with the group. Uh, the other thing I think Baltimore has not been healthy. And all of a sudden they get healthy and, yeah. and they start putting things on you. I think that's uh, you know, I think that's a, a, a definite cause for concern. Biggest threat to Kansas City in the AFC is Ooh. Well, certainly not the Chargers. <laughs> no. Um, no. So but I mean basically you got Balt you got in no particular order. Cincinnati, Baltimore, Miami, Buffalo. Yeah. A healthy Baltimore, I think, is because they still they still just constructed a little bit different. So they're a unique. There's a unique fit there that I think is uh, would be very interesting. Um, and I think a healthy Miami, healthy O line, their run game is exceptional when healthy. And when they get their two starting, remember Jalen Ramsey and Xavier uh, yeah. Howard are both out. Yep, good point. They get they're both their starting corners back. Like I still think Miami is, I still think Miami is one of those teams that uh, that scares me a little bit. But the thing about Kansas City is offensively they're not what they once were. They, they just they they don't have that same. There's the same level of fear that they would instill when they had Tyreek, you know, Tyreek Hill, and when they had, you know, some of their their guys. I but defensively, I think that quarterback can still find a way to make oh, all the pieces the, work. Yeah, no, there's no question. <laughs> but defensively, they're damn yeah. good. Yeah, like that's that's the thing that they have completely flipped the script on how good they are on the on the defensive side of the ball. All right, well, we're uh, approaching the midway point of the season. Are we really? It's fast. Man. Going fast. It's crazy. Going fast. Yeah, it is.
and the comeback. We'll talk about the comeback coming up later in the week. Mm. You were talking so much junk oh. to me about the the pick 'em. Listen, and just like that, I just wiped it out. Listen, I should know better you got than complacent. I I should know better than to talk a bunch of smack when it comes to picking games, mm-hmm. um, because I suck at picking games. Yep. I I think I was zero and three. Zero and three. You were two and one. Two and one. Oh, you kept you kept I've the tally sheet. Just been steady. I've just been steady. You have been just steady, nice, Eddie. Steady, not panicking, chipping away a little bit each week. All of my teams, Cleveland. Wait, right here. Oh, list. Cleveland. Cleveland. You're on my list. Mm-hmm. Washington. You're on my list. Rams. Rams. You're on my list. Mm-hmm. Y'all suck. <laughs> hey, listen, for everybody involved in the Stinky Truth Podcast, we appreciate you guys. Make sure you check out the Leftovers podcast from my game in Tampa, Atlanta and Tampa. Uh, like it, subscribe it, send us a comment. I'll try to get back to you in the comments section. I try to go through the comments and uh, and respond to you guys. Uh, regardless, uh, appreciate you guys. Please subscribe to the podcast. We thank you so much for listening, and uh, we'll be back with you later in the week as I uh, lick my wounds and try to get back on a winning track in the, uh, in the uh, Moneymaker Picks, uh, which, for the love of God, do not follow us on Moneymaker Picks. I'm just saying this is just forewarning. Do not think you're going to make money off of our Moneymaker Picks. Okay? Just to be fair warned. Uh, uh, for everybody involved in the podcast, we appreciate you guys, and we will talk to you guys later on the week.